welcome to a very special episode of the Sprues and Brews podcast. This is the Sprues and Brews holiday special. In, you can listen to it through your ears, but you can also view it through your eyes if you are watching on YouTube. For those of you who are listening to the show, um, you're going to miss out on all the festive lights and the, the, the kind of crackers and, and all festive goodness, but uh, it'll be... A little bit of a different show this week, won't it? We're all here actually in person. It's been a long time since we've done the podcast oh, in person. Man, it's been ages since we used to gather around your dining table and record the podcast. Oh, actually, no, first of all, it was your garage. The man yeah. cave. Which doesn't sound quite as primitive as it, it what? You had quite a posh garage. It had a carpet in it. Yeah, you had, you had an upper garage. scale garage. And then we upgraded to your dining room. To a proper house. To a proper house. <laughs> and, and then we went online because this little thing called COVID happened. Yeah, and, and so... The podcast has continued to be online. So yeah, it's great. We're all together. Is it, I don't think this is a numbered episode, is it, Dave? This is not a numbered episode. This is a special episode. So, well, well, I'm Matt, and I'm joined by... I'm doing the hosting duty today, Dave. I'm Matt, and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. Jay. Hello. And Andy. Hello, hello, hello. So, yeah, we, we've all decided to get together for the annual Christmas party. We normally have a bit of a, a, a get-together, but we don't normally film it and, and record it we thought we'd just talk hobby goodness we've got some fun stuff coming later in the show as well such as for the first time questions from the audience oh heck. I'm, not, yeah. I'm not i saw more coming in but i've not looked at them so we, we, we've I'm asked be... an awful lot of questions over the years haven't we and now the community has asked us some questions that we need to rack our brains to try and get an answer for but first of all should we uh, chat about what have we been doing in the hobby this week Dave, what have you been up to? Ooh, so I want to kick start things off by saying Matt hosted our first painting stream in what, a year? A, a, over a year, I think it is, yeah. And um, as of filming this, it was last night. Yeah. So I got some paint on some ca- casket, caskins, 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 cut the elite, the, the, the best, the best of the best of the Imperial Guard. I'm like, Are I'm they from the kill team, sir? They're from the Kill Team set. So I had five painted already for the website. Apologies, I rearranged my antlers. Um, so I needed to paint the other five. So um, I managed on the, the stream, I managed to do all the, the, the kind of deserty colour on the cloth and all the yeah. armour, at least the first layer of contrast. So that's pretty good. Um, we had a game of Age of Sigmar. We did. I think a game since of Age last That is since the last podcast, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so. Um, me and Matt are both going to a Furnace Hall's doubles in January, and we're both contemplating what to take. So we had a Soulblight Gravelords mm. versus Disciples of Zeech. Yeah, now none of us, when we originally kind of decided we were doing doubles, had kind of the thought of using these armies, had we? I know you, you had all sorts of armies you'd gone through before you got to Gravelords. So there was some yeah. Stormcast in there. There might have been some Skaven briefly, very, very briefly. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit Skaven now, to be fair. Uh, it's been, uh, I've been painting Skaven for, for, for half of this year, I don't feel. So I would do something different without buying a load of new models. So Stormcast seems to be the, the one. But actually, so my Gravelords have quite a bit of because back when we when I had my first tournament it was a Throne of Skulls doubles it was, it was with you Matt it was. and I had the Legions of Nagash it's almost as if it's meant to be what did exactly. I think for that one it was Nurgle it was it was um, Tamerkin's Horde Tamerkin's Horde mm. yeah so this is kind of a bit of an anniversary we're back in a doubles and I've got an undead army that's that's the plan anyway it's feeling very romantic day. it is it's feeling really romantic so we had a really close game of Age of Sigmar which you just picked me on Um 
Mainly because of Chaos Spawns. I don't know if either of you two played Disciples of Zeech since the new book. You can spawn a lot of spawns. You can spawn, you can spawn a lot of spawns. So I was using the Guild of Summoners. So the plan was summon as many Lords of Change as I can. Consider it was a thousand point army. I very nearly had two of them. But my dispelling was on point. Absolutely on point. There was some good dispelling from you, Dave. Yeah, I was really impressed with my dispelling. Um, but yeah, it was. The, the, I forget what the spell's called. The little Zeech icon thing. Yeah, not um, the book, the, the, the icon that does mortal wounds and if it kills a model, whoop, there's a chaos spawn. Kills a model? Yeah, a model. So, so basically it's an aura and it does mortal wounds to nearby units. The first model it kills turns into a chaos spawn. Oh, so yeah. obviously you, you strategically pick the units to be affected by it. So it, I mean, it's one of those where you're not particularly fussed if a Karakakalite maybe turns into a chaos spawn because that's a oh, little right. rainbow unit. If it affects your opponent's army though, Obviously, they've got Chaos Spawn in combat with them straight away. So Lumineth, for example, that really knackers their archers and stuff because yeah. you've got a Chaos Spawn chomping through the background. The very, the very, I mean, your, your Chaos Spawns didn't really kill an awful lot, but what they managed to do was lock me in place. Yeah. Uh, and actually, it forced my characters out of position, which unfortunately was the end of um, one of my vampires because he got drawn away from safety and then got charged by in some angry goats on discs who absolutely battered him they were they so, were way more efficient than i thought they'd absolutely be. they were they were brutal um so apart from that uh, I've, I've built some tactical marines for heresy um but i've got a heck of a lot more tactical marines to build that's gonna be a bit of a slide. i think i need to put some music on and just get them built um, but i think that's me for, awesome. for, the, for the hobby well, Jay, we'll, as we'll move to you next. What have you been doing? I've also been building Marines for Heresy. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got, um, so I'm on to my third Horus Heresy army now this year. Um, so uh, these are the Blood Angels. So I've been building um, the Tactical Marines uh, at the moment, and I've been attaching them with a bit of super glue just to the base with one foot because I've bought some um, resin scenic bases uh, in the Black Friday sales from a, um, a company called Unreal Wargaming. And they did um, a bundle of, they look very like um, Roman sort of um, um, ruin ruin type, yeah. very imperial palace, I thought. Um, and the bundle was for enough bases for the Age of Darkness set. So you That's get cool. 40 of the uh, 30 mil, 10 of the 40 mil, oh, nice. um, two special ones for your Praetors, you get a 60 mil Contemptor one. Oh, nice. um, I'm even thinking whether, I'm going to have a look, um, whether they do bases and whether it might be nice to mount some of the vehicles on bases as well, you know, going over yeah, and over. Yeah, that'd be cool. So, so that, that's what I've been, I've been building now. I've, I've got some um, paints ready to paint them, um, but that'll probably be in the new year now when I start um, putting together the Blood Angels scheme. Um, and then aside from that, it's been um, building up the, the rest of my Votan Crusade Force. So um, I picked up another of the um, the launch boxes for the Votan with the, you get like 20 Hirfkin warriors, three more bikes, um, the characters and whatnot. It's a good set. Plus you get more grudge tokens and things. Um, so yeah, so I've been putting them together. The army's almost built now. The, the, I've just got one more unit to build for the, for the initial 50 power level crusade. Um, and then uh, on the stream, I was putting some more paint on the on the on the troops. So I've got the the, the land fortress painted. I've got some of my characters painted. Uh, so now I just want to blast through the troops this year. I want to try and get them done before the end of the year, if possible. Um, so nice. the paint trees will definitely help with that. Mm. Cool. How about you, then? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I was doing on the last podcast episode. Um, 
I picked up a crew carnivore, a war dog carnivore for my Chaos Knight army. So I've got that done. So I've now got a thousand points of Chaos Knights done without having to give any other marks or anything along those lines. Um, magnetize the base on that. So I've completed one of my hobby resolutions by magnetizing all the bases. Um, <clears throat> and then I've just been painting Death Guard. Um, painted up some Plague Marines and some Poxwalkers. And the Plague Marines, I followed, um, I think it was Peachy back when he worked for Games Workshop. I think he did a sort of how to paint Death Guard um, sort of tutorial. And I've basically sort of copied that um, and joined that. I'm, I'm not quite sold on the tone of the green because it's Death Guard green and then Militarm green contrast over top and just left at that. Okay. Um, so I might go back over that and try reapplying some Death Guard green over it and then maybe highlight with like Scarsnick green or whatever. Yeah. Nurgling green. Um, but yeah, I, I went to Warhammer World on Friday. Yeah, Friday just gone. And I played two games of Kill Team both with my Death Guard. And the first one was uh, the Death Guard fire team, so a leader with Power Fist, who's insanely good in combat, <laughs> a Plague Marine Warrior with a bolt gun, and then a guy with a plasma gun and eight Poxwalkers. And I played against the Phobos Marine kill team, and they have like special abilities where they can be concealed, turn it to engaged, shoot, and then turn it back to concealed so you can't see them. Um, and that got really annoying really quickly. <laughs> um, but I played a game, got a draw 7-7, seven, seven, which is no lucky number, so I count that as a win. Um, and then I played a 50 power level game of Death Guard versus Space Marines. And it was basically the Dark Imperium box set. And then I added two of the... Oh, the tanks with multi melters and missiles. Uh, that's the Mythic Blight Hauler. Mythic Blight Haulers, um, which were amazing. Like, absolutely just amazing. Like, 120 See, points. I love that little tank. It's a cute little tank, right? It's a little tank like us. It's yeah. a strike, isn't it? It's a little yeah. tank thing, yeah. But I ne- it never hits for me. Because you only get, like, one shot with the multi-metal, one shot with the, like, missile. It, yeah. It never really... I think it does more for me in combat than it does in shooting. I mean, it def- it's, like, toughness seven with, like, nine wounds. So you throw into combat against something that's not got anti-tank weapons, and it just ties it up for the entire game. Mm. Um... But yeah, it was insane. Like two of them shot into a Leviathan Dreadnought and took it from like 16 wounds or something down to about six wounds in one shoot. And it was just, yeah, it was really good. Um, and then I played another game of Kill Team, which with Death Guard, but instead of a Poxwalkers, I had a heavy gunner with a Blight Launcher and then another guy with just a bolt gun. Um, just because of the Poxwalkers, they don't really do anything, just walk up and die. Um, and they, they take all of that activation to do one action because they're mindless um, so I just wanted some more Plague Marines in and that was a lot more enjoyable um, and then in the last game I played against Space Marines again and again it was the Mythic Blight Allers were just insane I had the um, Fetid Blood Drone with mm-hmm. Plague Spurs um, and that was okay like that was fine but I, I want the flesh mower one instead. So that's the one I need to get. Yeah, yeah the flesh mower. Yeah, but yeah, yeah be good. the contagion range as well, making it minus one toughness. Mm. It's like toughness free space marines. So it's like yeah. so good that, especially later on in the game when your auras are massive. Like, yeah, yeah, really affecting a lot of 
stuff that's going on. You just reminded me, there's, there's a hobby thing that all three of us have forgot to talk about since the last podcast. Oh, we've, we've, all, we've all been in the tournament <laughs> as well. Unfortunately, Matt was, well, I say unfortunately, you were in Warhammer World. Yeah, yeah, um, we, we attended a Purple Spark for Unicorns, which is our local gaming group, and we took part in their 40k tournament. Um, Thousand points, wasn't it? Thousand points, yeah. yeah. Um, I came second from bottom, <gasps> but yeah. I got a Peter nomination, oh, which nice. was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so well, I'm really use that. I was using the death card. Oh, cool. So um, yeah, I mean, for me, it was a really fun day. I, my opening game was against Mr. Woods here, <laughs> and yeah. his um, gamey Chaos Knights. Yeah. Where did you finish that league? I think I came. Ooh. You were pretty high. Fifth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's only ten players there, so it was not mid table, mid table, mid table. Yeah. Uh, was it ten players? No, it's more. Than actually, more than ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's the Age of Sigma one a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, it was about nine yeah. tables or so. So eighteen yeah. players, really. eighteen players. Oh yeah, must see, he's trying to down players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, we did have a very close game, didn't we? And it, yeah. it, it, it could have gone to the death card, but yeah. by the end of sort of, I think it was turn four, we finished on. I had nothing left. So can't can't contest objectives. You've got no units left. This is true. Um, but it was a really it was a really fun game. Um, you bought along your Eldar, didn't you, Jamie? The Elitok Eldar, yeah. And uh, I was uh, on the table below you at the end of the tournament, bottom table. But I think I finished higher than you. You did. You did. Um, you did. I think I I can't remember. I won one, I think, and lost the rest or something like that. Um, but I love using the Elitok Eldar. I've used them before. We used them in doubles actually when we were in the world. Really nice looking arm as well. Yeah, they're dead fun to use. I love using the Rangers and the Shroud Runners, um, and I especially love using Illic Nightspear because he's oh. sniper rifle. With the strands of fade dice, you can use the the dice you roll beginning of the battle round to make sure your smithy hits with a four plus and or wounds with a four plus, and he's doing more wounds. You can take characters out who's so killing like space cream. Um, but Praetors, that's horror, actually. What's captains. It? Captains and things like, and librarians. He's really cool. And uh, I, I think I, I had a game against the Necron Army. It's always really fun because, obviously, the law, the Elitok Eldar, or the Eldar that remember the threat of the Necron. So they're actively hunting Necrons and things. So it's pretty pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, it was really good to play uh, 40k again. Um, I do enjoy playing 440k, especially at points level. 1,000 points, I think, is just the perfect size. Nice. Sweet spot. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's something we all want to do next year, isn't it? Play a lot more smaller games and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we've, we've got a um, <coughs> crusade campaign starting in the new year, which obviously starts small. Yeah. And we might end up with a few bigger armies. We might. We might. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Sure. We've got my book of goodies ready for that. Excellent. Excellent <laughs> cool. stuff. Well, I've been doing some painting as well. And because it is Christmas Eve today, I can share that I've been painting... The uh, the new um, Ghoul King with Crown of Delusion. Ooh. That is such a nice model. It's a really nice model. I, I hope that's a precursor of the um, the kind of... We, we know there's a death book for next year. I think there's two death books. Yeah. Two death books. There's very good odds that Flesh Eater Courts might be one of those two books. And that'd be really exciting because if they get some new models, say if they got some... Quote marks like Bretonian Knights, Grey or Knights, but through a twisted, distorted Flesh Eater Quartz lens, it could be some horrific, rotten horse ridden by a ghoul with like a lance or something. In that kind of style of the new um, Ghoul King, I think that'd be really cool. They could yeah. be like an elite undead army, couldn't they? Yeah. Like a, like the Blood, Blood Knights and that kind of style army. Yeah, I'd like to see him kind of like oh, not not quite fully elite because I feel the Bone Reaper is probably a, your, your your real elite. Yes. Well, they could yeah. fit Milgrim because Soulbite really worked better as hordes with loads yeah. of zombies and skeletons, so they could 
fit in the middle. But absolutely, I think, like you said, Matt, they should really lean into the book. is brilliant and kind of talking about them thinking that this like noble yeah. race, they should really, but the models don't really represent that. Apart from this model, this Apart is the, they this model, arguably yeah. the first outside of Underworlds, and they have some really nice models for Underworlds too. But the first proper like AOS model for them, and he's just kind of you can see he thinks he's a king with his sword and his crown, and he's there on his chair, mm. but he's really a horrific, rotting corpse. Mm. Well, yeah. There's so much they could do with flesh eaters that. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, I'm kind of hoping it's going to read one of the death books because I've got a bone reaper army, but yeah, I think it's about it's overdue, really, isn't it? That flesh eaters, yeah, some, some love and flesh some models, some models, guys. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, so that's really cool. Uh, I've also been working on some Necromunda goodies, so various hangers on and um, special characters, which has been good because I think we want to kick off the Necromunda campaign again next year as well. We played a couple of games and um, unfortunately, I think House Move and other things kind of hit right in the middle of it, which kind of put the brakes on a little It was bit. a nice little teaser of what we can do, and yeah. it really gave us a flavour of, of, of a campaign in Necromunda. Yeah. So. I think I really like the, the we play the Ash Waste campaign where you've got battling over different lands, and we've had the recent campaign book come out from Guild Workshop, and that's going to be continued every quarter, I believe. So I think we need to. We need to get into this civil war in Necromunda, don't we? And that's not to say that, parallel to that, we can't fight over territories and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be interesting to see... Yeah, who's, <laughs> who's going who's to sit on the side of the Hellmores, the, 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 you know, the authority in charge of Necromunda, and who's going to side with the rebels who want to shake up the uh, status quo and overthrow Lord Hellmore? I feel like I need to read some of the Necromunda lore. Because it wasn't until we started it, but I, I didn't I didn't know who Hellmore was. Yeah, well, he's, he's, he's poorly sick at the minute after an assassination attempt, and his various children have already started killing each other because, you know, there can be only one, to quote the Highlander. Um, so, yeah, it should be fun, and I think uh, there'll be lots of backstabbing and betrayal, and that's quite cool as well as Civil War, because it means people can do the same faction. Like, you were talking about the squats, were you, Andy? Yeah. Well, you could have... A squat faction that are loyal to Helmore, and a squat faction that actually like, you know what, Helmore's kind of done us wrong with some trade deals, and maybe we'll side with these rebels. His daughter doesn't have a big enough beard for the squats. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, so that'll be exciting. Um, in addition to that, I've been working on the Osgiliath box for uh, Middle Earth. The scenery in that is amazing. Um, I think it's another race special, if I'm being honest. Um, it does take a long time to build because each wall bit is a separate piece right. and then there's the pillars that connect them are all separate pieces but because of that basically your, your imagination is the limits on what you can build if you've, enough, if you've got enough intact walls you could build an entire tower you could build a city wall all sorts of stuff you can do which is the advantage of a, a more complex kit but obviously it's going to take longer to build it painting it piece of cake half an hour spray it black dry brush through like eight different colours there's a guide on Sprues and Brews, check it out. Um, and yeah, it worked really well. Um, you were about doing the bases in a similar style, but with more grime and... Yeah, for me Blood Angels, yeah, definitely, yeah. That's the kind of um, effect that I wanted, yeah. Cool, and then I think... Oh, and I've started painting Scarbrand as well, because, as we say, demons are going to be coming for the Crusade. Mm. So, yeah, so lots of exciting stuff on the way. Um, I think what we'll do now is have a quick pause and we'll be back with a chat about what we want to do in the new year.
Well, if that was jolly exciting, apologies for anyone listening to the audio only version. <laughs> Just what I need. I need tape measure for getting more hammer. Living the dream. That's not big enough range though. Both angles are bigger than that. That's worrying. Maybe kill team. Absolutely. So yeah, so today you've been talking about doing a bit of a um, crusade. Absolutely. Yeah. So we should have. The original plan was to get this running before Christmas, but. Again, with different things going on, we've had quite a few painting projects, um, that's from Moonhouse. We've not quite started yet, plus I hadn't quite finished writing it. Um, I'm pleased to say that I am getting towards the end of writing uh, this crusade. Um, it's just going to be a 40k crusade. It's going to start towards the end of January, uh, watch our social media channels and YouTube. Um, and a lot of us are sort of doing armies for it as well. Yeah. So I'm planning on using the uh, the guard. I'm still, I still can't say Astra Milit. Militaro? Ooh, yes! <laughs> you, you, you get a better name. Astro Militaro. Yeah. Get in! Um, Jake, you're going to be using... The Leagues of Votan. Leagues of Votan. Andy? I'm going to be using the Smelly Death Guard. And Matt? Call the Demons. So, um, I, I built the sort of narrative of the Crusade around this. I've got currently eight completely, well, I say completely original, sort of original battle plans, <coughs> uh, which are going to tie into the story. I can say right now that the first game is going to pit the Votan against the Demons because mm-hmm. it's set on this planet. It's all it's all going to be on the website in a few weeks' time. But it's set on this planet. Um, the Votan are uh, are doing some digging, like the proper dwarfs that they are, and they uh, they uncover yeah they they uncover um, <laughs> some. Um, Dark malefic demons. Dark malefic um, demons. I'm not gonna lie, Jake. They dug the, too deep. The first scenario <laughs> isn't weighted in your favour. Oh dear. But it's gonna be fun. How many? Never tell me the Oscar. <laughs> How many bloodthirsty did you want me to paint, Dave? Just paint as many as you can, man. <laughs> <laughs> you might need to use that. Yeah, There's only one Balrog in the Mines of Maria. How many? How many? You've broken. You've broken the seal on this yeah, tube. Okay. It's 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 uh, it's it's bad news. It's bad news. So, um, so yeah, that's that's kicking off in the new year. It gives obviously it was all a chance to to pay up some new stuff. I know you've got a lot of demons anyway, Matt, but you want to really lean into corn. You're currently doing the death guard, Andy. Oh, so many death guard. <laughs> it's good though. It's good. Um, you know, there's going to be some um, stipulations. So in the mission pack that I've created, for example, there are no. You cannot use the reroll stratagem at all. Ooh, okay. you cannot <laughs> use it. So um, I just think it keeps things. Uh, it keeps things funny, you know. If there's that cast that you really want to get off and it doesn't go off, you you haven't got the reroll to fall things back on. Things matter then. You fail the charge, my territory. You can't fall back on that CP. Um, so things like that. Um, but I'm gonna have the mission pack for everybody to download and view, and then as the games carry on, the pages will be added to it, okay. so you'll you'll be able to get. By the end of our crusade, you'll be able to download and play. Your own version. Oh, may, maybe play through and change the event <clears throat> for the campaign. As absolutely, well. absolutely. I so guess the cool thing is, we've got this world, haven't we, that you've created for the thing, and we could revisit that in future campaigns. Absolutely, yeah. So um, it's it's very exciting. I'm really looking forward to starting it. And um, we're not sure if every game is going to be on YouTube yet, but there will definitely be games on YouTube that you'll be able to watch and, and journey along this um, story. We'll be using all the other crusade mechanics. We'll be leveling up units. We'll be earning battle traits. Something else as well. You can't randomly roll. You can't pick your battle traits when you're grade, unless 
and it'll be under kind of my GMing, no. it falls into what's happened during the game. Yeah. The same play for injuries as well. Would you, exactly. would you pick something fitting to Exactly, yeah. exactly. Or or we roll randomly. There's, you know, no picking and choosing. Embrace the crusade. Embrace the crusade, yeah. What's your thoughts on characters in the crusade then, Dave? Pardon? What's your thought on characters in the crusade? No special characters oh, until yes. the very end. Ooh. Um, in the end, you might want to bring along a special character. Um, so have one painted. I, mean, I was thinking actually of adding Angron after seeing <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he rounds out the Votan force. And we attacks lots, lots. So um, so yeah, have a special character. You might want to paint up Mortarian. I'm just like, saying, just saying. Literally thinking that. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be really, really, really exciting. No, I look forward to be good. Um, like I say, we. I also want to run a bit of a Necromander campaign as well. So. We we started our kind of uh, Ashface one, which was really, really fun. You're basically fighting over different road networks. And at first, it was like, okay, this is a lot to take in. <coughs> but then after a couple of games, you have to probably sit down and look at the map, not only to optimise your trade route, but to shaft over everybody yeah, else's trade route. Yeah, screw Andy. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> so, so no, that isn't in the, the, the new, I forget what it's called, I think Athenian campaign but we can have elements of that in the the crusade i want to have a bit of, of everything in there we want, i didn't want it to be set just in the ash waste or just in the the um in the hive because i think that makes for interesting list creation doesn't it so lee for example had, had a weather yeah. which is incredibly strong in the underhive but then in the open ash wastes it's less effective that said he still did another oh yeah uh, weather oh man he, he, he did me in the first game of that campaign. I was playing Lee's um, in, in Zone Mortalis. And um, in the end, I couldn't get close to the last objective because his weather was perfectly placed. So I just couldn't I couldn't get near it. Um, yeah. But it was a really fun game. Well, the thing is, we'll, we'll add some house rules. And obviously, I'll arbitrate it. And I'll be completely fair and impartial. Your judge. weather's jammed, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so we are going to have some... some different things in there there will be hangers on and there'll be like named bounty hunters mercenaries that you can hire but there will be a limited pool consisting of the models i've got painted that basically represents the various characters and hangers on that are available say if dave gets a, a, a i don't know a trader or something that guy's gone forever so if somebody maybe does a raid on um dave's territory and maybe convinces the trader to come and join their side maybe a nice way of having something else that you're fighting over, you might decide to... A lot of Necromander campaigns, you're picking somebody to try and fight over something. By having that as a secondary like resource, so to speak, mm. then it gives you another reason to pick someone as your target for a fight because they might have a, a hanger-on that you really want. Or you might want to kill that hanger-on and take him out of the pool entirely. Mm. So that should keep things fun. Also, I, I, I presume there'll be stuff happening on the... Uh, I forget what it's called. There's a satellite going around Necromunda, which um, is often used for trading with Xenos and stuff. I feel there would be some kind of ship going from the planet to the, the space station. <coughs> so we use the new um, <coughs> boarding action scenery. Mm. And yes, it's similar to Zone Mortalis, but you've got more tight, cramped kind of corridors mm. and stuff for a different environment, doors that you can open and stuff. So 
gives us a few different environments to fight over, which I think could be quite yeah, fun. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Just having games in different environments is just really cool. Yeah, and we're going to have a story. Obviously, we'll run it in parallel to the GW story, because the plan is, as a new book comes on, the campaign then shifts onto the new book then. But we can have our own little narrative of what's happening with our characters. Obviously, we'll name all our guys. And I'm aiming to, again, we're probably going to be able to film every battle. We'll probably do one per, like, <coughs> section that we film, but I will do a write-up of what's happened on the website. It's something I wanted to do for the previous one, and maybe a map showing how the territories all change and stuff. So that'd be pretty cool. Um, something else we've been looking at doing as well, some AOS stuff as well. Me and Andy were having a bit of a chat the other day, a secret chat the other day, Ooh. about doing a quote marks campaign, but it's more of a narrative story that we're going to write between us. Yeah. So... Outcomes will change, but where in previous, uh, when uh, Path to Glory came out, we were planning on doing a big campaign, but you've got multiple armies, and really then you need videos of every fight for every army, and it all gets a bit big and unwieldy. So instead, we'll focus on a single faction, potentially Dave's undead, because Dave's right in the 40k one, we all, he can be the guinea pig for the AOS one, mm-hmm. all right. And basically we'll see their rise to power maybe fall when they get too greedy and all the various forces they fight which means we can have a rotating list of different armies that we're using it's not necessarily the case of us all using the same army every time yeah. we could also then like pan the camera up to somewhere else and see here's what's happening with the the cities of sigmar during the same event and have a little kind of like spin-off episode so we're thinking like a, a six episode season one coming out a month and then we can come and revisit it another time focus cool. on another faction from that we thought that'd be a a nice compromise between a campaign and the kind of progression that you get in a campaign and then something that tells like a story that you can then see on like YouTube and it'd be, yeah, like an interactive TV series is how nice. we pitched it. Yeah, and we were thinking like different, not necessarily specific missions, like you could have a boss battle between your forces and a mega gargant, for example. Sounds good to me. Yeah, stuff like that, just to keep things... <laughs> more narrative than sort yeah. of match play so the, yeah, the, the kind of games that you wouldn't normally play in a tournament or an event or something yeah basically. yeah i think that's the thing with our content isn't it especially as we go into the new year we're, we're much you know we're pushing towards the narrative and the the open gaming rob then you know there's lots of you, you guys will probably watch lots of match play and um, games that other channels offer and um, will be less competitive more fun and well, I think between all four of us, I think we've all gone that way, haven't we? Yeah. yeah. We're, yeah. we're not really bothered about going to tournaments and trying to do well. I'd love to go to a tournament and win. I mean, it would be nice. <laughs> it would be cool. It would be cool um, to, to at least get a top three finish at some stage. Yeah. But... Do you say that to the last four is Heresy one, because it was yeah. soft scores. Yeah. So, yeah. You, know, you know, that's the game you want Well, yeah, it doesn't just as long as you have five games. You did all right, yeah. And if I hadn't played you in the last game, because they didn't count, I'd have potentially gone up much higher. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a a surprise at the end, because I didn't realise that the thing is... It's one of those, isn't it? And if people are into, like, super hardcore tournament play, then, you know, fair play on you, because that is a tough scene, isn't it? You've got a wrong move, a wrong deployment. You need to have a good understanding of the missions. All the armies. All the armies yeah. and secondaries and things like that. I think that's what, one thing that we we, we bounce between armies a lot, don't we? I think if you really want to, you know, 
rank in these tournaments, you've got to pick an army and really like know the ins and outs. Yeah, but equally, we'd build a list for fun. That's a cool yeah. model. I yeah. take it in my army. You wouldn't Absolutely. necessarily build uh, uh, an effective list because those cool models that you want to use aren't in them. So I don't think we'd ever do that. No. I think that's, yeah. no. that's what we want to try and reflect in the content this year going forward because we're not tournament players. We're not going to win a tournament. <coughs> <coughs> we, we, we fudge our way through most games and if we're lucky we might occasionally get a win but we'll have fun doing it and that's what we want to focus on the fun and and the the journey the creation of an army the, the fun of painting it the fun of rolling some dice and then the beers and bookmans afterwards as we tell our story of the horses and that absolutely I, I guess that, is that a similar theme to your kind of crusade event it's more on the the, the what happens and how it happens rather than the ins and outs of two hours of watching dice rolls. Absolutely, yeah. It's more about the story. Like I've, I've hinted, the first scenario, the, the Votan rub against it, I'm afraid. Um, <laughs> it's well so, there are going to be, there are going to be missions during the Crusade which are a bit more balanced uh, and that the outcomes will have effects on the next game. But there is a couple in there that are more pushed towards telling the story rather than just a, uh, my mom is just going into the crusade with just battle scars on it. But that's the thing with narrative gaming, isn't it? War isn't necessarily fair. You don't walk into a situation and be like, oh, just hang on here. Let me yeah. get my guys in. Yeah. That, that, that was always the intro to Fallout then, wasn't it? War. Yeah. War of the changes. Jake has battered to one. <laughs> I've got like a him. second volume of the bridges after the first game. But you, you will have something to fight for. And at the end yeah, of my it, honor. You're, there is that. But there is something that's going to help you during the rest that's of right. the game. You just need to... Killing War first is, is going to come in handy. Just, don't, in the yeah, air, just sure. don't completely die. Put all the models in my Hecaton man watcher and just hide away. Yeah. Yeah. This is 500 points of Votan against like 8,000 points of Bloodthirster. <laughs> Might be a tough fight, but hey. No, that's well, cool. that's all of the. The Votan weren't at the first War for Armageddon Dave. I don't understand this. The first War for Armageddon's coming to them. Yeah. <laughs> so, is there anything you guys are like excited for in this coming year? We've talked about it a bit in the podcast, but we're going to go. We're going to throw off the reins entirely and go kind of fantasy wish list kind of world. Ooh. What do you want to see this year? What are you excited for? <coughs> Is there anything that you have? Uh, Dave, for example, you're currently really enjoying painting Cadians. Mm-hmm. Like, what's what do you? Let's start with you, Dave. What's your kind of plans for the year? What are you looking forward to? So this year, I, I mean, I can't remember. We're kind of crossing a little bit into our hobby resolutions, which will be on our next proper episode podcast. Um, but this next year, I want to do um, concentrate on three major armies, at least to begin with. Um, Soul Blight for AOS, Cadian to 40k, Horus Heresy, um, the Dark Angels, uh, and then obviously I've got like a Warcry Warband to do, Underworlds. Um, there will obviously be stuff that comes out during the year that, that I will paint, but they are going to be my main projects. Um, so I want to concentrate on trying to... Just just not be a magpie and just really get those armies done. I think I've kind of shown that this year with Skaven and I want to push that further next year. Saying that, I would really like to see more narrative content for Age of Sigmar next year. Yeah. Now, we, we've had the Thondia book. I can't remember what it was called. Was it just literally called Thondia? Yeah, something Thondia. Um, but that's, that's it. That's all we've really had. At 40k, we've been spoiled with Crusade content. When I was doing Crusade, I had books to fall back on for inspiration and rules and example battle plans and stuff but for Age of Sigma we haven't really got that um, 
we went to a narrative Age of Sigmar event. And that just shows we need more content for that. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I'm sure you're all going to agree with me. We've all heard the rumours that next year we're potentially going to see 10th edition yeah. 40k. So um, that's pretty exciting. Um, obviously, rumours are rumours, but the fact that there's a new edition hopefully on the horizon. What, what rumours? <laughs> just rumours. Rumours are just rumours. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see what we do. Because I mean, I think back to when we got the Indomitus box. Yeah. I mean, that was we got a really nice trailer, if you remember, for Indominus with a system. Yeah, that was you nice, see, yeah. because it's Christmas Eve today, <coughs> I just need to keep reminding myself that it is Christmas Eve today. Um, I believe last year, was it on Christmas Day, they had a teaser yeah. showing off. Yeah. The majority of the year's releases, just like seconds of them, but if we watch that back now, we'll be like, oh, that's that and that's that. There was an awful lot of spoil in that. It's... Mm. I think we need to kind of watch that with a, with a keener eye, maybe, to see what goodies might be coming. From I think year. that would be, might have been New Year's Day, the video. Year's Day, okay. They did reveal something on Christmas Day. They did, I can't yeah. remember what it was. I'll, I'll never forget the Nurgle one. Yeah. They did a Nurgle one a few years ago, didn't they, for the Magikin? Oh, the Magikin. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. What Is came it? out in early in the year? What was the new? Yeah. Re- what were the new releases? Custodies and GC of course, because we. Yeah, they opened up the year. We yeah. had. Um, what were the new armies? We had Chaos Knights, a whole new army come out. Obviously, the Leagues of Botan came out. Yeah. We had Horus Heresy as the big summer release. Yeah. New contrast range. There's been a lot of big releases this year. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, let's face it, tenth is probably coming next year. We've got the Arcs of Omen book series, which hopefully comes out very very soon, um, and that's the kind of series that they do at the end of an edition it's your psychic awakening it's your uh, what was the broken one realms uh, broken realms end times uh, end times the rising storm or whatever yeah. it was called for ape gathering storm yeah. gathering storm yeah um, yeah it should be, should be really exciting what about you Jay on the cards next year yeah you hope for I, I'm, I'm most excited about 10th edition 40k if that's coming next year really excited about 10th edition 40k um, but what I'm really also there's two other things I'm really hoping we see more of next year. One is Old World. Yeah. Yes. Whether we get it released next year, I'm not well, sure. I see, next year is the 40th anniversary of Warhammer Fantasy. It's also my 40th birthday next year, so I'm as old as Warhammer. Um, now, I suspect Horus Heresy was meant to come out last year. We saw it leaked like 18 months ago. I also suspect that then maybe 10th edition should have been this year and the um, old world next year. Uh, things shift all the time. We, we see that with review stuff, things shift all the time. It could well be that we get 10th edition in the summer and then the old world in the winter. Yeah. Uh, traditionally, yeah. we get a summer release for stuff, but at the minute, I don't think you can bank on what the, the norm is for releases from Games Workshop because they are gearing up the releases so well old world you only really have to bring up the rule book and the new set because most people have got old fantasy armies that they can yeah, use and there has been so whisperings of then reprinting yeah like the old stuff. boys and stuff and two yeah. kings yeah. yeah are you gonna say some data yeah i mean if i was a betting person i could be way off the mark with this like you say i think they wanted the the, the anniversary of warhammer's time to the old world if they miss that then what I can see them doing instead to celebrate the anniversary of Warhammer is we'll see the first models from, um, oh, yeah. ca- is it Cafe and, um, and Kislev? Like, it's like uh, collector models. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, obviously, because before, obviously, Games Workshop wouldn't tease something so far away, but I could see them 
releasing little things about the old world this year, having a big anniversary event for yeah. Warhammer and maybe revealing the contents of the first box, but then it maybe go and pre-order a few months later, but not until release. Until... Maybe we have a situation similar to the Middle Earth box, Absolutely. where it's a pre-order way in advance. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not they're not really scared anymore of showing stuff off. I mean, it's a big tease and be like, look, this is a few months away yet, but man, get excited. Um, because this is this is on the horizon. That personally, I, I don't think it'll come out this year, this next year. I think it'll be the year after. But we will see. Yeah, I think we'll see a lot. We'll year. see more than concept art this year. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that'd be cool. And then the the other thing that I, I hope we see next year is Battlefleet Gothic. Yeah. So, and again, this goes back to what we we're saying earlier. We, we we tend to see traditionally quote marks a summer big release, whether that's a paint range new edition of a game that seems is a given for the summer and then in the black friday slot we tended to get a specialist game big release this year we've had uh, dungeon ball expansion <coughs> we had um necromunders filled that slot before blood bowl war cry war cry yeah that, that kind of stuff but this last year that's kind of gone completely off track where we had an early release of Ash Wastes for Necromunda, which is essentially a new edition-ish of Necromunda. So, I, I don't know. Aeronautica, even though there's been minimal releases for it, is still going. We've had some models for it. We've had some supplements for it. Titanicus, we've had some models. We've had a supplement or two. But I feel we're getting to the end of the, like, the... the Imperium slash chaos. Yeah, unless they can add some, add some Xenos stuff to Titanic, which I wouldn't mind either. Yeah, but it, it feels right for the next specialist game to come out, doesn't it? And yeah. again, you tighten to the Horus Heresy and have Battlefleet Solar or something. Mm-hmm. Again, they're, they're quite clever with the sprues for the specialist games stuff, aren't they? Like the, the Age of Darkness box, that is a box that's been used for 18 armies essentially, isn't it? Necromunda, you've got lots of upgrade kits that can, can convert them up. At Blood Bowl, you've got duplicated sprues to save on the sprues, but you've got different heads to mix them up a bit. So a Battlefleet Gothic box, where you've got ships that could be traitor or loyalist, is a nice way to do Gothic. And then you've got the, um, you know, each legion has a flagship. We can do Resident uh, The Vengeful Spirit and things like that. Yeah. You know? um, and then, yeah... I think I think I think they've shown that these sort of older systems are popular still. I mean, the Horus Heresy popular, old world popular. Battlefleet Gothic was a classic back in the day, and there's there are a couple of systems out like non-game drop fleet commanders one, um, but I think the the Battlefleet Gothic it has you've obviously got the the ship to ship combat space combat, um, but it's also got that hooking with the lore and the background and the setting as well, which yeah, I think yeah. are very appealing. Um, and I remember the Battlefleet Gothic rule books were so good. They had lots of like snippets of lore and stories and things. They were really, really impressive in like um, really nice sketches of the different vessels. Yeah, so that's that, I'd love to see Battlefleet Gothic this year. I'd really love to see that. Yeah. Are uh, you Andy? Anything you've you're hoping for in this next year? Um, so I was actually going to say Battlefleet yeah, Gothic. Yeah, 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 we should write cool. in. Tell them. There's two people. Um, I think Epic would be awesome. I agree with you. I'm down for Epic. I, I I got into a hobby after Epic, so I never really took part in any of it. But you've got Aeronautica now. You've got Titanicus. The only thing you're really missing from an Epic is like those, the small-scale guys. Yeah, yeah, the infantry and the little tanks. Because even the little knights from Titanicus are, what, like two inches tall? And, yeah. yeah. 
decent size. So I'd love to see Epic because I think that would be cool to especially tie in with other game systems like you were talking with Battlefield Gothic where you could have a boarding action and then play a game of um, boarding actions, is it called? Yeah, yeah, boarding yeah. actions, yeah. Um, and then you could finish off a campaign like with our Crusade campaign. You could finish it off with a massive epic, epic game. game. Like the kind of, yeah. you, you can do big battles in Horus Heresy but where you're talking like entire legions you can do that on a six by four table with epic can't you yeah. i'd love to if they did do epic i'd love to see them do more than just imperial and chaos because yeah I, I just kiss is good but uh, you know they don't they haven't expanded it and epic i think would be great if you had four or five different factions to choose from rather than just imperial which you always did i mean you know, like, it came out as uh, Tyranids, yeah. Squats, yeah. Necrons, Tau would be yeah. really cool. Cause Tau were in it as well. Riptides and then makes the big, the one that you've got, the massive Titans. Yeah, yeah. Supremacy suit. Supremacy yeah. suit. Yeah. Oh, that's the dream, isn't it? That's I mean, I, I, I admit all that sounds very cool, but I mean, man, that would stress me out painting middle... Yeah, but like I think <laughs> I was like, you don't have to worry so much about the detail on it. You know, dry brush that kind of thing will look great. Yeah. They'll lose it, dry brushing. <laughs> Where's that model now? I'm not seeing that again. Um, just spraying blue. Marines. Ultramarines. Not the blue. That's yeah. probably my scale of epic painting. But the idea of it sounds really cool. Yeah. Especially mixed in with the Knights and Titanicus and your Aeronautica flying over. Yeah, you, well, you could merge them all together. I think it was a Adepticon either last year or the year before, whenever it was. And there was a game of Titanicus going on. And they had sort yeah, of like a perspex thing. Or yeah, we had a perspex thing. Yeah, we've had an aeronautical or something. Cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Awesome. Apart from that, I'd love to see Middle Earth properly flushed out. Yeah, I mentioned in our review that the, the new models are amazing. The new scene yeah. is amazing. It's a shame that those infantry are really old. Now they still look fine. They're like the bulk of your army, but it would have been nice to take that opportunity to maybe produce a new. Well, he's moved to the east. Yeah. 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 He walks through. Isn't it the 20th anniversary next year of Return of the King? Yeah. It is, yeah. yeah. Well, I've been building some war riders recently, and they come on circle pegs on the model, but then Game have in producing the bases, but cutting out hexagonal pegs. Yeah. So you have to cut off the circular peg and then glue it on. Or which, plug the green to the hole. Or plug, yeah. And it's been fine because the war riders have, like, and a decent amount of connection points. But when you look at like Riders of Rohan, and it's like you're only going to be connecting it by a tiny horse yeah. hoop, it's just like. Mm. So, yeah, for my hobby kind of wishes for next year are very similar to your guys, really. Uh, 10th edition, I want to see a big shape up in 10th edition. I think 9th has got to the point where it's kind of run its course, and I'd like to see something fresh, maybe new core rules, different way of doing things. Stratagems, I want them gone. I'm not a fan of stratagems. I'd rather have something like reactions, which is more fun and interactive for the other player, rather than basically the minute it seems the player who can remember the most combos of stratagems has a big advantage on yeah. someone who's like, well, uh, the thing for me, a lot of those stratagems could just be rules on the data sheet for the vehicle, mm. and then you can point them as such then. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because it, with this edition of the game, they wanted to move away from bloat on the data sheets, didn't they? But, however, but they've what they've done is they've, they've created it by adding so it. You've got like so. um, um, Space Marine Tank Crew's smoke launcher keyword, and all that does is enable access to the smoke launcher strategy. 
you like, we'll just make smoke coaches a thing on the yeah. bench. And that's just one example, concussion is another, like, what's concussion? And it just, it's like four or five strategies that trigger off that keyword. So the reason they did that is so that you're not just popping smoke every five Yeah, but, the, but in the, the old rules, you, you pop smoke and then you can only snapshot shoot. Or you, yeah, you, you sacrifice shooting it. for it. So there was a trade-off, you could only do it once. And there's really powerful strategies. You can point it then because it's tied to the unit. Yeah. So, yeah. I'd like to see the mission streamlined as well because I, I really struggle with the primaries, secondaries, Tertiary sometimes. Yeah, and then you've got your primary split in two, so 12 yeah. points available for one uh, bit. I'm like, you rock up, you, and you have to spend like, I mean, if you're not playing Warhammer every, all the time, you have to read through the mission and understand how do you actually score this mission. Da, 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 da. Um, I, I don't think having three secondaries really counts as secondaries anymore after after the first secondary has been tertiary. Quite. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I liked when the edition came out and you had your primary... <laughs> Then you had an optional secondary, and then you had free sec. I like that. Uh, I don't like this primary, and then yeah, second primary. I don't like that, and um, I don't mind the secondaries so much because it kind of um, it, it gives your army something else to, to be doing <coughs> in the mission. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Tempest of War. Um, I mean, I, I can understand why that's not like the main way yeah. that they do the missions. Um, but what I like about Temp- 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 Tempest of War is that you're having to change your strategies on the fly yeah. because you don't know what objectives you're going to put <coughs> So it kind of, you know, it might change your mind on what you're about to do on the back. That would be better, I think, because it's not just a case of trying to remember what your own secondaries are and, and playing to achieve your own secondaries. You have to remember what your opponent's secondaries are because at the end of the day, you have to try and stop them from scoring secondaries as well. Yeah. And if, yeah. It, if it was just the, the single objectives in the game, hold three objectives, or hold these two objectives, you get more points for holding these two objectives, you, you sort of know what your opponent's trying to do, you know what you're trying to do. I don't know, it just gives me a headache. I guess I'm in the minority, it's a popular game. Well, this yeah. edition's been very geared towards the tournament player, which I think is fine. Like, yeah, It's obviously a popular game to play in tournaments and stuff like that, but yeah, previous editions have been a bit more sort of geared towards everyone. I mean, yeah. the weekend I played Tempest at War and the two games of 40k I played. <coughs> Loved it. Yeah. But it encourages you to build a very dynamic list. Like, we kept on drawing cards that were like um, capture an objective in the opponent's territory and stuff like that. And because I'd built quite a slow moving Death Guard struggled army, them, yeah. yeah, struggled to get it, yeah. Yeah, um, it's. It's it's a hard kind of balance, isn't it? Because you've got to make, make missions interesting, which is something secondaries and all that does. Mm. Um, but I've had great fun with the missions we've played in the two horror series tournaments we've been to, which aren't missions from the main rule, but the missions that Games Workshop have produced for those events. Um, they're very straightforward missions, but I found them to be very exciting yeah. and very strategic playing them as well. See, Ben Johnson points to that. I was chatting to him a couple of weeks ago when we were playing a tournament, and he was saying, like, for, for AOS... Match plays here and narratives here. There's not a lot between them. But 40k, your match plays here, your narrative down here. Mm. There's a bigger gulf, but it's essentially a completely different game mode, isn't it? Yeah. And I wonder if they need to bring the <coughs> maybe the the tournament play this way a bit and the narrative play this way a bit, and they can have positive influences on each other, can't they? Without going fully to the hard uber tournament play, which what the game seems to be at the minute. Yeah. Mm. 
Obviously, Crusade's different, but it is essentially a different game mode because you haven't got all those secondary. Well, you've got your agenda, yet. which is a personal thing, and it yeah. doesn't matter. There's no impact on the result of the yeah, game. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not an objective. It's yeah. just if you want a unit to level up, they need to complete the agenda. Yeah. yeah. And you can you can sort of play the game in order to try and achieve that agenda. Yeah. So maybe we need the, the, the tournament game to slide a little bit towards that, just to, yeah. I don't know, make it a bit more accessible. Maybe. It might be the fact that we just don't play enough match play. And the more match play you play, you're probably more familiar with all the different secondaries. You're probably more familiar with the different missions and the primaries. And you get used to playing it. Whereas like oh, that one day, like I say, it's the first time we've played much play in months. Yeah. And you're just like scratching your head, thinking, oh, and then you forget, and then you're at a disadvantage because you can't remember. Well, one we did, um, the PSU event we did back in February, I think it was, I took my adept's custodies to that, and I just wrote a cheat sheet with the secondary objectives about six stratagems <coughs> used for yeah. my army. I did and the I, same. And it was just so much simpler to play um, and a lot more enjoyable, but yeah, it was. It's still yeah. right. it's there's so many strategies in there that are just bloat and filler because they need 27 strategies in the book so oh, yeah. there's a chunk that you never ever use or so yeah, that's a very niche and situational that yeah. the majority are although the last codex I reviewed was the Leagues of Votan I don't know what the, cape, the, the guard was like but the Votan one actually all stratagems are really good. Yeah. But I wouldn't mind if they disappeared and bait those rules into yeah. the data sheets. That's fine. But they, they were they were all really useful and they were all pretty interesting as well. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah, but yeah. there's a lot of... But then you get some codexes like the Eldar one where there's like stuff in there you just don't use ever. Or even put them in chapter approved because they, they put in the... Um, faction, yeah, faction secondaries. And yeah. I, I was reading that for the event and I, I was... Like, you can pick... Um, obviously you can't pick any from codexes anymore, secondaries and stuff. You have to pick the ones that are in chapter approved. It's like if they put stratagems in chapter approved and they went like, here's four stratagems for death guard. Yes, and... actually I agree with that. Yeah. Some of us from the books, it seems like if it's a Tuesday and your opponent's name's Steve and your birthday's in March, you can re-roll ones. It's kind of how some of them feel, don't they? Yeah. It's like so... In each chance of it happening in a battle, that it's almost worth not being in the book. I agree with you, Jay. The later books have had less of the filler stratagems. They've all been they've all been pretty good. But I I wouldn't mind if they all got cut back. I think I look at the Horus Heresy where you've got core reactions. Each faction's got an advanced reaction, and that gives you the flavour. And then the universal we... special rules give you the the the, the, yeah. the, the meat then, don't they? And yeah. How many stratagems have got the same? What's it called? Transhuman resilience. Yeah. Just have those Transhuman physiology. Oh, that's it, yeah. So pretty much every space marine currently is a part of Death Guard. Yeah. So God, get it. So just, yeah, so just, just have it as a universal special rule. That is a thing that certain units can get because then it it limits the use to certain units as well. And again, you can point those units yeah. on the ground they've got them. So, yeah, it's uh, we've also got some of the super silly ones like... Um, Tower have got some ridiculous one, haven't they? Oh, one of the ones so where, vulnerable saves. Yeah, basically. I mean, I had um, one of the games I played on, on Friday, I think it was, what a stratagem for Poxwalkers, and it's any unmodified hit roll of a six does a mortal wound to the attacking unit or the unit you're attacking, but any unmodified hit roll of a one does a mortal wound to the Poxwalkers. <laughs> right. And I just loved that because they're like two attacks a model one, they're on a tiny little base, and I was just like, yeah, charge me, charge me. <laughs> I got charged by three outriders and he pulled all the parks walkers in. I just interrupted and used that um, mortal wound stratagem and killed two of them with mortal wounds before anything. I killed nice. like half my own unit. But... 
So yeah, yeah. So it's, and obviously I'd like to see the kind of like continuation of the boat, and I think they've probably got another model range in there. Yeah, they feel like a Luminef book at the moment. Yeah. Um, a really good book, but definitely room for expansion. Um, I'd also like to see an annual update of the Age of Darkness box. So different units. The Horus Heresy box. Yeah, Horus yeah. Heresy, yeah, yeah. So you have um, Assault Marines in there. You have, I don't know, Solar Exilia as the adversary in the box as a way to yeah. release a lot of plastic kits for them in one go as well. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. I think it'd be cool if they did kind of like start, not start collecting boxes, but specialised boxes. Like you said with Assault Marines, like you could do a box that's two squads of Assault Marines and then like a box of the... Upgrades and stuff like yeah. that, and, and just package combat it. shields, power swords, yeah, stuff like that, yeah. And then that way, every legion can use those little boxes, but there's kind of supplements to the age. Yeah, I, I honestly think it's submarines will be you'll get them with like a basic loadout, and then like with the special weapons, you'll get a box that'll be like here's 20 storm shields and here's 20 power yeah. swords, yeah, because 40k players will buy them as well to, to allow yeah. their characters and stuff yeah. as well, yeah. Before we move on, we should also mention, and, and you guys mentioned this off podcast, off I think it might have been your signal on the mainstream. This next year is going to be the last Horus Heresy books in Siege of Terror. Yeah. The, the, the series is being wrapped up this year, which is pretty unbelievable. I mean, I'm miles behind on the books. I've got an awful lot of reading to do if I want to catch up for those releases. But for, for obviously Heresy, once it's all out in the open and the story is complete, as it were, I think you were mentioning about narrative books for yeah, that. Yeah, because the problem is you couldn't release a Siege of Terror supplement box that has spoilers then for the Siege of Terror, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I think we haven't got the Codex kind of like release model, have we, for Heresy? Because no. essentially mm-hmm. we've got Demons and Militia left and that's it, and they'll probably be early next year. But then all of the rules for every army is out. Yeah. What you can do then is have a... I don't know, Cygnus Prime supplement, yeah. which then adds fun new stuff for the Blood Angels and Demons narratively, but then you also use that as an excuse to release plastic Ruined Storm Demons, lesser demons for, for the army of the Ruined Storm that are different than your, your more kind of like formed Chaos Demons before 40k. At the same time, you release those Assault Marines at the same time because that fits in narratively with the Blood Angel army. I'd like the, the PDF stuff you've been doing on Warcom. Well, you get missions, you get units, units a bit of the, the, yeah. the, the one I particularly like is the Thousand Sons, because well, Thousand Sons, 30k army, and they get this cool new unit. Um, Dark Angels one wasn't quite as good because it was basically just the Inner Circle Knights, but slightly different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they, I thought they were really good. So to see them in a book would be would be cool. Yeah, there's lots of fun stuff they can do, and then I've got a feeling we're going to see a lot of releases next year. We've seen the the release schedule for AOS is like uh-huh. a million bucks. Presumably we're getting 40k in the summer, and normally the first two books in that box will follow after it. And then you normally get a bit of a lull, don't you? Because they're releasing pretty much whole model ranges for those two armies. What would you like to see? Now there's rumours in there, but what would you like to see in that core box for 40k? What I like to see? Yeah. I'd like to see some more guard, please. More guard, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think that's ever going to happen, but if we're wishlisting, um, yeah. It's got to be Primaris Terminators and Primaris Jump Marines. Yeah, now the rumours the rumors that we've heard are the first book will be Angels of Death. 
Blood Angels slash Dark Angels in the same book. We don't like that's a throwback to second edition and those kind of codex supplements, you could get a couple of them in one book. That's more like the Horus Heresy release. I, again, quite like that because from a marketing point of view, Jay's got a Blood Angels army. There's some Dark Angels units in this book as well, so maybe I'll start a Dark Angels army as well. Yeah. Um, and Tyranids is the other army rumoured to be in that box, which again, it kind of leans into the, um, you know, there's lots of lore of Tyranids fighting Blood Angels, isn't there? Yeah. You know what I'd love to see in a 40k Star box? Not Space Wings. Me too, but I think they're always going to be in it. Because imagine like Tau versus Tyranids or something along those lines, and it's like Tau, and you get a bunch of Tau scenery and some, I mean, new plastic kits, but Tau have got loads of plastic kits already, so it's. It, it, one thing that I don't like about 40k too much is that the Space Marines take up most of 40k, whereas you look at all the Xenos factions, and there's so much untapped yeah potential in in those armies isn't there because like you could have town versus orcs and like you got the combat you've got a shooting army you know that, that that's perfect for like a starter box or whatever but but yeah i think space wings like the poster boy aren't they yeah. you yeah. you ask someone who isn't into warhammer name something warhammer 40,000 i'll probably say space marine because it's identifiable isn't it yeah you're talking about untapped untapped potential the Inari. Well, they yeah. actually have probably yeah. a flipping range. Yeah. I mean, well, you, you've got potentially a whole new army in the Inari, yeah. haven't you? New... They just seem to have, like, appeared and they're just in the background now. I, just, I don't understand the thinking behind them. But that's probably a whole other subject. Um, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm digressing. I'm digressing. digressing. It's Christmas party it's Christmas. day. You can, you can, you can digress Digress like. like. Um, yeah, the Dream Armies I'd like in the starter box. Uh, we will go with Hrud versus Exodites. <laughs> Exodites, that was so good. <laughs> Playing Space Gaven against Elves on Dinosaurs. That'd be the best Boy Kids Dark Box ever. That'd be so out there, it'd be awesome. <laughs> Never happened. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I don't think that'd ever happen. Do you think an Exodites are a possibility for next year? Exodites have been hinted at so much. It would be, they'd be great. I mean, you look, they've done the Gene Steel Cults, they've done the Harquins, um, you know, Adeptus Mechanicus, Squats, Sisters of Battle, the Squats. I think the Exodites, you know, it's completely different, isn't it? Like a more sort Absolutely. of um, feral type, yeah. you know, almost like rivaling the Orcs, but with some advanced technology. I'd rather see that than an army, personally. Yeah, I yeah. think so. Much more yeah. interesting from a law yeah. point yeah. of view. Um, I think their main rivals, in regards to maybe the next brand new army we see, will be the Dark Mechanicum. Yeah, we've seen we've seen bits about Vashtor, the uh, the architect. I always think of what's his face from Stranger Things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, we don't know what if he is Dark Mechanicum or not. He's, he's definitely not an Exodite, is he? He's definitely, he's definitely not. <laughs> I think War comes into that. You think maybe Dark Mechanicum is it's something else entirely, but they. I guess that's the point, isn't it? The leagues of voting where the concept of squats turned into something new. Vashtor and whatever follows for him could be the concept of Dark Mechanicum, you know, you merge yeah. demons and technology and turn it into something new and fresh. There's no, there's no need for them to be a slave to the old lore as if there's new interesting stuff they could do by taking those concepts. We're talking about next year, right? There's one thing that I don't think we can finish the segment on without raising and without having an opinion on, right? Right? Angron, it's coming out early in the new year. 
We've got Magnus. He's been rocking around for some time now. You know, Mortarian again. He's been around for a while. Vashtor, he's no small model, is he? On the Imperium, who we got? Gulman. Is it time? Gilman, Trajan Valoris, and um, what's her face from the Adeptus? Oh, we've got two members yeah. of the High Council of Terror. There's one in the um, Astro Miller Time book as well. On yeah, Soul. Lord Solar yeah. Well. Anyway, is this, is 2023 going to be the year that Gulman gets serious help from another Primarch? Yeah, it's a lion in it. It's going to be the lion. If it's the lion, then. I'm absolutely kidding, the Dark Angels fucking kidding on me. Um, I think so, that's the only thing I have. So, so here, here you go then, Dave. So if the starter box was Blood Angels versus Tyrannies, but with a Angels of Darkness box, so those Blood Angels you could build as Dark Angels, which of those two sides would you go for then? Dark Angels or Tyrannies? Dark Angels. Dark, oh, that was, that was quick. See, I've, I've been tempted. In fact, before you came round, I was thinking, I've got a, I've got a Gene Steelicle army, and... If the rumours are true, it might be a good time to start painting together some of the newer Tyranid stuff with the hopes that I can then expand that into a bigger Tyranid army down the line. A lot of biomass. They're a really fun army. Um, they're a really fun army to, yeah. to play and use. Um, so we think the lion. Oh yeah, I think so. I'm kind of hoping it's, it's not, because I feel that's too predictable. Like, I'd love to see Lehman Russ... Yeah, Vulcan, because we know he's like immortal, or whatever. Imagine yeah. him going up against Angron, gets killed, and then you need to back. read Echoes of Eternity, Andy, before you start making assumptions about Vulcan. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That was that oh. was very spoiled. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. Um, but yeah, the Vulcan's interesting. He's in he's in Echoes of Eternity. Yeah. Well, he's one of those um, characters. I mean, I've like, I've not read all the Horus Heresy books, but. He's one of those Primarchs that I think has potential to be very... He's what Gulliman needs right now. Oh, I, I think they could... Uh, I mean, I, I personally think it will be the Lion, yeah. but I actually think someone like Rogel Dawn coming back would be quite yeah, interesting yeah. for yeah. the Imperium as well because he's quite similar to Gulliman, but I think he could come back as more of a Templar-type character. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I do think it will be the Lion. What about one of the uh, missing Primarchs? I don't. I don't think we'll see one. There. No, I don't think we'll ever see that. Yeah. I, and I guess they've always existed. So that was my attempt to, to to bring up a discussion <laughs> that we all just shut it down. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll be able to see Sanguinius. Come on. Sanguinius is an interesting one. That a I beacon think... for the Imperium. Do we do we think this is like a placeholder until after the the, the two books, and then we can come back to this discussion? It's because... Definitely not Sanguinius. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, I think there was a story of where like his body's in stasis, his corpse is in stasis. He's on, he's on Baal, isn't he? On Baal, yeah. Baal or his Rebus. No, his body no, is. Like, he wasn't it's like it's it's evaporated, destroyed. But they they brought Gilman back from the dead. Yeah. You know, the Sanguinor is the spirit of Sanguinius. Yeah. Death or, isn't the handicap. No, I mean, you don't need to be slaves to the the law. The the Imperium is so kind of broken isn't it mm. somebody some little servitor reads a reads an extract from something gets it wrong and then that's that's fact then well the, you saw that in um, saturnine with exactly, the um, yeah. with the banner the, 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 the if the lion comes back i can see him coming back less as like the paladin that we knew him as more of a monster hunter i mean he was the ultimate monster yeah. hunter in the in the great crusade and the, the warhammer 31st 41st millennium is full of monsters you've got angron coming back yeah. you know I mean, if you think if you think from the law 
perspective, and they've not really worked on this yet. We know that with the the uh, with the big rift. The sick fix paladin. Thanks, Matt. Um, <coughs> we know that the blood angels are kind of holding it together for the Imperium on the on the wrong side of this rift. We've seen lots of things going on the terror side of the rift with all the expansion with Octavia, Octavia, Octavius. Uh, and all the other books that we've had, campaign books, we've had nothing oh, that's it, on the dark side of the rift. He's yeah. the, the, what is he, region? Region of the, yeah, he's like Gilman's equivalent in the, in the, on the other side he of the rift. He absolutely needs a new model. Dante he? needs to get through the Rubicon, doesn't he, yeah. for sure? Yeah. Um, but maybe, right. maybe we, we, we revisit that side of the galaxy in <coughs> this Arcs of Omen. Maybe yeah. we see what Abaddon's doing on this side, and then we have the final book maybe set on the other side and find out what's been happening over there leading up to 10th edition where reinforcements for the Imperium maybe come over. Yeah. But that's absolutely somewhere where we can, see, we can actually see Sanguinius coming back or, because, you know, they are up against it on that side. We haven't seen much on that side of the, the galaxy. Yeah. So, but, like I say, it, it probably is still aligned. But I could see why they would bring back a character like Sanguinius. Yeah. yeah um, exactly. I do think another Primarch is that would be interesting. Interesting one. There's only a few in the Sanguinius. I'd like to see them do something with the old ones. Yeah, back. that'd be interesting. Um, and we've got so many Xenos races as well. There's lots of there's lots of potential for new. Uh, the danger is you don't want to keep releasing new armies because then we talked about bloat earlier. Yeah. It gets too unmanageable to balance the game. It does. It'd be nice to see. <coughs> you know, like Tau, Tau, Tau Empire. I think they're just called Tau now, aren't they? But having some of those more alien races within the Empire. Oh, it's not a really cool concept. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's the thing, isn't it? It, for me, I'd love it if they stopped bringing out new armies all the time, which I know sounds stupid, but then focused on the ones that are already there. I mean, look at um, what spiders. How old yeah. are they now? Well, this is the problem they've got, though. I think with the way they do Warhammer 40k, they release a codex, so your Votan codex is out now, and if they want to add more units to the Votan. That's another Votan codex. Yeah. If they could do something like the Horus Heresy... Though arguably not, arguably not, because we, we had new units added through Kill Team that aren't in mm. the codexes, but do have data sheets on Warcom. Yeah, which is true, but then I feel the codex is a bit invalidated then, and yeah. it doesn't feel like a finished product or a product you buy. I don't know. I like the Horus Heresy way they've done it, where you've got your core army lists... And then you've got expanded PDFs. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how they would do it. But I would like to see. I would like to see more units released outside of a codex release cycle. Yeah. As well, because you could just release a, a box of warp spiders. They used to do it back in the day. You used yeah. to get your codex. I mean, the, the thing back then though was the codex would come out and you wouldn't have a model range to support yeah, it. Yeah. So the, the codex would come out with everything that the, the studio would want to do over the course of the edition. That doesn't always mean that there's going to be models. And then they've got the tricky problem where third parties. Yeah. But producing models based on GWIP illegally, it all got really messy, didn't it? Yeah. Didn't they have that big issue with chapters? Chapters, <coughs> yeah, because Games Workshop had planned on releasing these models, but this company was, I guess, in their eyes, just filling a range of a model that doesn't exist. Yeah. And obviously, with Games Workshop being so guarded in the past of what it released, you had those problems where now we've got the other extreme where if a book comes out, there's the model releases are out as well aren't they yeah it's interesting isn't it because you could slim the codexes down to be law crusade content you, your key army rules that aren't yeah. going to change but there's no data sheets in the codex anymore i, I do wonder if you get shift to, to digital army building the book obviously the books make a lot of money as well don't they you know that's the, yeah 
And I like the codexes. Yeah, I, I like having free. a physical book. Yeah. I'd be really disappointed if all the codexes went to just digital. I like having a book. To a book. I mean, what else yeah. do you read on the toilet, guys? It's yeah. got to be. <laughs> 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 but then I remember like, the Adeptus Custodes one. It was out of date as soon as it came out. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the leagues of Botan's technically out of date. Yeah, because got the FAQ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Book full of lore and the narrative content in there. You could even have some of that content. And your core rules, your core yeah. own rules. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You could even have the core game rules in there as well. If you strip out all the data yeah. sheets. Just and one stuff. book to take, isn't it? Uh, and then you have digital profiles for the models, which then change. Yeah, because then you could, like, three months down the line, your water spiders come out with a new profile. Just all the way. I've said this before, and this is going, you're talking about going digital. This is going back in time, right? And I've said this on previous podcasts and videos like that. Ring binder. Get you different. They release like a new thing that you put in your binder. This rule's been updated. Here's your new sheet. Click. And you can it's in. Dwarf and stuff. Yeah. In a nice little folder. Bosh. All your laws still there. They can update that with some new bits. Yeah, it's not Remember a bad idea. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Maybe put some sticker sheets in the back. That's going too far. <laughs> but that, that, that absolutely, I, I think, yeah. would be awesome. Wow. And it would, it would solve that problem. Here's your new points. Print them from Warcom. Stick them in your binder. Yeah. Bosh. Well, there on, you go. on the bombshell of Warhammer 40,000 file factors, <laughs> should, we, should we have a look at some of the questions that the uh, absolutely community we should. has asked us? Yeah. We've been asking the community a lot of questions over the last few years. Every week-ish, asking a question on what their favourite sprue is, what their favourite brew is, what their favourite jobs in the Imperium are. But we've asked you... Foodies, bra. <laughs> we've asked you uh, to send us our questions, and I'd, I'd say I'd know what these are. I printed them off. But the guys don't know what these are. So, Dave, I'll pass one down to you. Epic. Jay... Thank you. So we'll start with the first round. Steve, do you want to take it away with the first round of questions? Okay. Let's have a look. So this is coming from Average Paints. Says Average Paints. What brew would you liken your favourite army faction to? Example. My tower would be a double-edged espresso because they are strong, go down quickly, and pack enough firepower to wake anyone up. That's a really hard question. That's a really hard question. (laughs) Um, I would probably say my Death Guard with a hot chocolate because they are, I don't know where I was going with that. They are, um, <laughs> you definitely see Mortarians sitting down with a hot chocolate at the end of a... The They're quite night. slow, aren't they? You can imagine being chilled out of a hot chocolate. I don't really know where I was going with that. Everybody else want to I would say like Bovril or something. A couple of Bovril, yeah, that could work. Well. See, I was going to say Guinness, because I don't like the smell. Yeah. It tastes weird. And I imagine yeah. Death Guard could do that. That's probably a better answer than mine. A cup of Dettol. A cup of Dettol. No, that would be cleaning them out, wouldn't it? That's yeah. not that's what I would give them. I prefer Andy. <laughs> or you could have Angron as Red Bull, because it gets you jumping up and down. And See, Andy's good at this question. Yeah, really I'm going to go for this. So, uh, my Corn Demons, the packs can be in a minute, so you need to pick a, a beverage for them to go with. I'm going for a, um, a, a, a chilli hot chocolate. We've got dark notes of the mysterious kind of nature of the warp, but you've got the, the heat and the anger of the blood god in there too. Oh, hot chocolate doesn't scream violence to me. What chilli hot chocolate does. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. I could imagine like my Imperial Guard commander with his like curly moustache drinking an Earl Grey. Like, why is yeah, that works, that works, that's perfect. Jump forwards into battle. 
What were the votes handling, Jay? Iron Brew. I don't think there's any explanation either. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a good enough that's answer as it is. Yeah, no, that one, yeah. That's one, Jake. Amazing. To Jake. Let's have a look. It's exciting, I like this. So, this is from Red Tooth. Dave, what is your least favourite sprue and least favourite oh. brew? Ooh. So, my least favourite sprue, now I might have seen this question on social media, so I've got a bit of a heads up. <laughs> um, I think my least favourite sprue of the past few years has got to be the flayed ones from the Necrons <laughs> because they just, they made me so angry. Um, I also didn't enjoy building the Minister of Knights either. Did you not? No. So they're my least favourite sprues. My least favourite brew, I think, has already kind of been mentioned. That's a Guinness. Yeah. Um, that that stuff is, I mean, I'm told the, the proper Irish stuff is better, but Guinness, if we're talking a hot beverage... I don't think there is a hot drink that I don't like. <coughs> uh, I like coffee, I like lattes, I like cappuccinos, mm-hmm. I like tea. Mm-hmm. So let's just go with Guinness for me. I think my least favourite sprue is the Eldar War Walker. And there's a specific bit where you have to attach the legs to like the pelvis joint and it's inside the thing and my fingers are quite big and chunky. Um, that's my least favourite sprue. My least favourite brew... I don't know because I don't, I don't, I just don't drink them if I don't like them generally. I think, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a big beer drinker, so I'll just say, I'll just say beer, general, generally beer. Fair enough. Um, oh god, my, my least favourite sprue. Oh no, Bailey's. Ugh. You don't like Bailey's? You never drinking Bailey's from a ship? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Bailey's. Bailey's is close you can get without getting your eyes wet. Oh, okay, okay. Um, least favourite sprue is dead easy. Because back in, I think it was second edition Age Sigmar, I built and painted 21 of these for an event, and I almost threw them out the window, and that's the Plastic Spirit hosts. <laughs> I don't mind them. I don't mind them. It, it, it's fine <coughs> when you get to the 21st one, and you've worked out how to put everything together, but when you've got like cuts on your hands from mould lines, and then like you've got glue on your hands from holding it in place, and then... You put it on the table and it just sort of droops down and falls off because you haven't quite got it perfect. Yeah, Spirit Host is easily the worst worst brew I've ever built. Um, and then brew. I don't know. One of Dave's. His wife's very nice at making brews, but Dave's oh, yeah. oh, for years I've made you brews, and this has only become. A <laughs> and thing I didn't realise how bad it was until your wife. I never get complaints at work. <laughs> Too polite to tell you, Dave. I don't think your brothers ever. Compl- I don't think these two ever complain about a brew I've made. Then actually, I might not have ever made you two a brew. Thinking about what it. we'll do is we'll <laughs> take a picture of the next brew you make and we'll put it online and see what people react. Yeah, we'll the community decide how Dave's brew making skills are. I'd, I'd probably say monsters might. Least favourite sprue, yeah. It's just too sweet. Too sweet. Yeah. Well, my least favourite sprue is one of the war cry kits. They're, I think they're called the Corvus Cabal. The bird guys. The bird guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The bird guys. Similar to, to the story that Jay was saying earlier. I've got big, meaty monkey hands. So <laughs> if you've got little fiddly parts that need to go over the like, similar to the spirit host in a very precise way, where it looks like the contact point is on the reverse of the image that you've got as well. It's <coughs> not worth. My hands are too chunky to do it. They were really difficult to build. I nearly threw them out the window too. Uh, at least favourite brew. At the same time, is Jay beer. I'm not a beer guy. Whiskey. I like whiskey, but beer. No, not for me. 
Baileys. I love Baileys. Love a beer, especially a craft beer. Very nice, very tasty. Oh, Sandy, what is on your piece of paper? Oh my days. Anamosarex. Anonymous Rex. Anonymous Rex. Anonymous Is that it? Oh my Anonymous gosh. Rex. That's so special. Anonymous Rex. What is your guys' favourite non-game church shop or orderings universe or settings for games, books? <coughs> good question. That is a good question. Ooh, okay. Ooh, I need a minute for this. I quite like the infinity setting myself. Oh, okay. Which is like a it's sort of an anime styled um, uh, not quite far future like Warhammer 40k. I think it's set like in 2100 or something. Um, the set is really interesting. So basically, all of your sort of um, nation states as they exist on Earth today, have, 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 like America's no longer a superpower, Europe's no longer a superpower. You've got new superpowers. So there's like a, a Chinese Yujing uh, Empire. Um, there's a, a, a Pan Oceana. So the South Americas and Australia's and Australia form the big superpower. And then these nations have gone off into space and colonized um, planets in space. And in some, some planets have been half colonized by Pan Oceana and then the other half of it's been colonized by Yujing. So you've got all these tensions between the different nations on Earth and across the different spheres of these colonies that they've got. And um, that forms the background for the game where you've got um, special, almost like Warcry style, sort of spec ops units from these different nations that are um, and the missions might be to retrieve some data or to perform some sort of industrial espionage on the. There's like a, a policing force, the O12, is the central governing body that governs all these nations and sets the rules and things, but all these sort of conflicts go underneath the scenes. And then on top of all of that, there's an alien intelligence that's uh, invading the human sphere, basically. So these nations, they're fighting and draining their own resources against each other. But potentially humanity is at risk because of this alien intelligence that's coming. And there's other alien intelligences that have come to humanity. They they're fleeing this this other intelligence. I think it's a really really nice setting. Yeah. Um, you, it's a really really nice skirmish game. Really um, nice model range. Really nice model range. Different factions and Corvus Belly, the company that run it, they've expanded into um, into different systems. So they've released a Kickstarter board game. Uh, they've released two, well, three actually. So uh, Infinity Defiance was based on their sci-fi universe. Uh, another system that they've released, which I've actually backed away for this stuff, is Tag Raid, which is a bit like uh, Adeptus Titanicus in that you, you're fighting mechs off against each other. And they've recently um, just launched a new um, uh, fantasy universe, uh, Warcrow. Uh, it's coming first as a dungeon crawl on Kickstarter, but their, their plan is then to um, release it as a uh, as a miniature game, and it's not quite clear yet whether it's going to be a skirmish miniature game or a or a rank and file sort of you know Age of Sigmar style thing. Uh, so that that's a that's a universe that I really like. That's not games which I would have said Lord of the Rings, but I think Middle Earth was on there, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. Well, so I'm going to go jump in here with a cyberpunk. So obviously it's kind of gained a bit more popularity recently with the uh, CD <coughs> video game. But Cyberpunk's been a long-standing RPG series, and it's just so cool, and its influence has bled into other things. Like Infinity is a very Cyberpunk game. It universe. is, yeah, Blade Runner style. Yeah. yeah. So so essentially the the kind of the the main gimmick is that um, there's been various wars fought between mega corporations. So it's got to the point where these corporations are more powerful than <coughs> countries or government bodies because they, they hold all the cards and they're they're all kind of at each other's throats but doing it covertly as well. 
So similar to necromancy, there's lots of gangs and individuals out to get a living, living on the streets where it's you've got a very short life expectancy and things are pretty grim. And these corporations are probably dragging poor homeless people off the streets and doing experiments on them and stuff. It's part of this. You've got kind of a group of people called like edge runners. Essentially, there'll be different um, fixers who will act as kind of contacts and get jobs for, for various individuals, crime syndicates, the corporations themselves, and they'll get together a team to, to go and do these tasks. That's essentially what the RPG is built around. Your party <coughs> meeting in the inn will be your, your team of various individuals meeting in a really cool bar with some like synth music playing in the background. There's lots of neon going on. Uh, but the, the players, the characters that you play as, you've got like rocker boys who are like, maybe they're like rock stars turned mercenaries. You've got medias because like, you know, covering these events is, is big money as well. You've got the Netrunners, which is again, bled into other universes where the internet as was has been destroyed and there's fragment bits and there's kind of like similar to Archeo Tekken 40k there's bits of the old net that are hidden down below things and there's demons running through them which are essentially computer viruses but mm. when your net runner kind of goes into it it is as real as a bloodthirster in your face this this computer virus attacking you and you know stuff from the matrix has come from that it's all very very cool and high tech and Grim dark at the same time with a bit of neon. I mean, with the, the Christmas lights, I think there's a bit of a, a cyberpunk vibe going Absolutely. on in here. But um, yeah, definitely, definitely give it a go if you're into that kind of thing. With the right group of people, you can have really, really fun games with that as well. See, I, I've not really gone that deep into any of the systems yet. Um, I know we played War Machine a very long time ago. And I, I can't really remember the story for that now, but I do remember the setting being very cool, where you had the war jacks. It was a steampunk type setting. Yeah, I like the I like the steampunk kind of aesthetic. So I'm probably going to go a bit more mainstream. I don't really know if this is what Anonymous Rex wanted, but um, I really like the Marvel sort of yeah. universe. Uh, in, you know, I, I, I love the cinematic universe, but also the comics as well. Um, and also Discworld, um, I think, would make quite a good kind of tabletop. Well, that's um, See, I've never, um, I never read any of the Discworld books, but everyone fantastic. keeps sick. They, they are brilliant. I've not met a single person. I, I, it's, I mean, I'm massively into if, if we didn't run a Warhammer website, I'd probably be a lot more into Marvel comics. And, and I know you've um, dabbled in... Marvel Crisis Protocol. My, I, yeah. For some reason, his name was completely escaping me. I should really play some of that. So, really so, so what we should fan. do, Dave, in the new year, I've got loads of miniatures, we'll play a yeah. game. We'll, you know what? We'll feature it on the show as well. Yeah. We had some plans of doing some... Um, Alternative. Some, 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 like, yeah, universe kind of mm. games and stuff. So definitely in the new year, maybe even January, we'll yeah. play, we'll film the Marvel Quest Protocol Battle yeah. as a kind of how-to-play kind of video. We could literally have, like, Dave's first game of Marvel. Yeah. It, it, you know, because... It's a it's a game that's growing in popularity from what I've seen on social media. Um, I mean, Marvel's obviously the cinematic universe has been going for for a long time. But How many marks out of ten would you rate? Uh... I'm not getting into <laughs> any, any ultra. I'm not getting into any um, of film scores. There's a reason I never was a film critic. You know, I, I, I don't do those. Um, but yeah, I, I would say those two universes for me have always. 
grabs me, and yeah, absolutely, I mean, you should read that. I know Jane's a massive Discworld fan. I, I, um, I read all the Discworld books when I was um, on uni, going to uni backwards and forwards on the train, going through the whole series, yeah. How about you, Andy? What's your uh, universe um, that you like outside of Warhammer and Middle Earth? Well, like Dave said, War Machine Hordes, I, I, back when fantasy, Warhammer Fantasy, towards the end of it, when it was getting a bit uh, sort of stale, I was a bit bored of it, so that sort of thing. I dabbled in War Machine Hordes and I did Circle of Orbros, I think it was. And they were like all these big beasts and kind of like Wood Elf type of people. Um, and I loved that whole sort of bestial sort of look to the the beasts or whatever they're called. And then I loved the steampunk look of the War Jets and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then you got me onto a show called Arcane. Yeah. Uh, which is all about the leagues of is it leagues League of Legends, isn't it? League of Legends, yeah. yeah, and that that was just mind blowing. One of the best shows on Netflix. Oh, well, easily, like, without yeah. a doubt, yeah. I mean, I think they 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 are doing season two, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. don't know when it's yeah season coming two's out. Coming. There's a few things coming out because there's a couple of games. You've obviously got League of Legends mobile game. Yeah. There's some RPGs combined, Legend of the Undying King or something. Yeah. But there's a, they're working on an MMO in that oh, universe yeah. as well, like a Warcraft style game. Maybe me and you could do a bit of War Machine at some point during 2023, because I would, I'd love to pick up some of those steampunk um, mechs yeah. again. There's a new system, because you've got War Machine and, and Hordes, but there's a new one out as well, which is more sci-fi. Uh, well, of course there is, I yeah. I can't remember what it's called, from the same company. And I, I know with War Machine and, and Hordes, they were compatible systems, so you could play yeah. it against yeah, it. Yeah. I don't know if this, this new one is or not. Uh, I also want to give a shout before we get to the next question. Star Wars Legion, they've all picked up armies in the... Ridiculous sale that they had. Yeah. 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 So I want to get on that. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of them because you got the Star Wars Legion, the um, Game of Thrones as well, which yeah. is and Conquest. I always see Conquest. Conquest, and that, really nice models. Yeah, really nice models, and I think they actually spend a lot of effort on the universe and the setting as well. It's like a living universe. And... Yeah. Well, we, we they sent us a copy of the the, the core box. We did a review and unboxing on the channel, but we haven't streamed a game of that yet. So I think we mm. should get that um, painted up and play a game, yeah. Jay. Yeah. So. Brian Dennis says, Merry Christmas, chaps. Merry Christmas, Brian. Have a great one. Thanks for your content this year, and I look forward to more next year. Anyway, my question. You all have many armies, but you are only allowed to keep one for each system. AOS, 40k, and Heresy. Which army do you keep? Dave, this is going to be really hard for you. (laughs) Oh, my days. Um, see, this would change with the wind, I think. Um, if I was to, if I was to pick one right now, um, I think I'm having so much fun writing lists and painting guards that <coughs> they're all I want to play. Yeah. So it would probably be those. Yep. Which, um, it's a shame because a lot of them completely obvious. For Sigma, probably uh, the armies I've got right now probably Muscaven. Yep. Um, and heresy, I'm not really. I've got my thousands on that. Space Marines. Keep Space Marines. Keep Space Marines. Keep Space Marines. Okay. Okay, Jay. Well, for for the for Warhammer 40k, it, it's an easy choice. Uh, uh, if the Crapworld Eldar weren't on my shelf, I wouldn't play Warhammer 40k. So it'd be the Crapworld Eldar would be the army I keep for Warhammer 40k. Uh, for Age of Sigma, that's a tricky one uh, because I've, I've, I'm not falling out out of love with Age Sigma, but I'm not feeling Age Sigma. We'll see what happens next year. Um, obviously, I really like my Lumina collection for Age Sigma, but actually, I think if the Dwarden 
weren't in the universe. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I, I, you know, so I, I'd like to keep the Duard in that. Currently, they're only Cities of Sigmar, whether Duarding get fleshed out in their own book or something in the future, who knows? See, when, I, when I think of you and Age of Sigmar, I think of you Silverneth. So that was the answer I was expecting. I forgot about your, your dwarves, but yeah. I think you've had so many games with Sylvaneth you like. I do like the stuff. They, they were my first sort of faction for yeah. Age of Sigmar, and I do like the range, and the, the recent models they've had for the Sylvaneth have been really, really good. But I just love the Dwarf Ironbreaker. Mm. I, love, I love the look of a Dwarf Ironbreaker. Uh, for Horace Heresy, oh, that's probably the toughest one, because obviously I love the Legio Custodes, I love the Imperial Fists, and I love the Blood Angels. If I could only keep one, yeah, it'd have to be the Blood Angels, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. the answer I would come for for Jay. Okay. For 40k, that's quite nice and easy. At the minute, I've got Chaos Knights and I'm working on Death Guard, so I've only got those two. So I keep my Chaos Knights because they're a nice, small, elite army that I can play a game relatively quickly. And come in the top five of tournaments. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Um, so that's a nice easy one plus I love chaos so that, that keeps that in there um, Age of Sigmar oh, I'd have to flip a dice to be honest with you it'd either be my flip a dice it's going to be the ogres <laughs> or my giants because painting a giant takes forever so I don't really want to do but that don't you again. have a million points worth of maggotkin you can cheat I do you can cheat though because you just take an ogre as a mercenary and you, um, a giant as a giant. mercenary oh okay ogres. yeah okay yeah it's going to be the ogres then ogres um, with, with giant support with giant support yeah um, I mean, with, the giant is just a big ogre bundle whalebiter oh, I definitely keep him um, I thought they might have said fire slayers as well because you're quite short, See, and I, fire slayers are quite short. Back in fantasy, <laughs> I played nothing but dwarfs. That's the only one I ever played. Age Sigma, I've not played dwarfs. Not once. I tried KO, but I just couldn't get into them. You had some fire slayers for a stage as well, didn't you? I've still got some unbuilt on sprue. You're a bit like me. That, What's a little bit that? Was that January we bought that box? January, yeah. Yeah. With the eyes of death and fire slayers. Yeah, yeah. oh dear. Um, yeah, my, my, for me it's fairly better my aunt built you there oh okay <laughs> that's right. um, and then heresy I've always wanted to do an Iron Warriors army and I've started building one but dare I say it I've always wanted to do Blood Angels as well best legion nice. uh, yeah but I'm going to say Iron Warriors <laughs> I, I, I'll keep it traitor well this is really really hard um, so 40k it's got to be the Death Corps Krieg they're my boys. Now, Demons are a close second, but the, the Death Corps Krieger, again, iconically 40k, I think, for me. Does that mean you cheat on cheat for HC and say Demons and you technically say Dominic? No, 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 it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> so, for AOS, I'm going to go Head Knights of Slanesh. Okay. Because I fell in love with that arm painting them. And yep. again, it's got the demon element in there, so I get, the, I get to have the demons. Unfortunately, I can't do mixed demons in AOS, otherwise, that would be the answer. So, for Horus Heresy, we're here Demons of the Ruined Storm. Multiple Bloodthirsters, multiple big gribbly demons, um, and like 3,000 points in a lot of demons. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they haven't got rules in second edition, so does that even count for this answer? I think it does. <laughs> yeah, I think so. So, Matty, you passed around a second round of questions. It is, second round of questions. So, the next one is from Sombermine. Hi, Sombermine. Uh, you spend lots of time hobbying and talking about hobby. But you seem to all have a job and partners, from what I've heard on the podcast. 
How do you find that much time? How do you organise your time and budget if you're not too indiscreet? And thanks to the great content of Merry Christmas, or Merry Christmas for some of mine, and the answer is a lot of begging. Uh, and buying bags and clothes. Uh, no, on a serious part, it's just... I don't know, we just seem to find time, don't we? It's just about... You know, I, I obviously, I've got a wife and child that I, you know, I want to see all the time. But we... Um, I know we are just a little bit clever with time, aren't we? We are, yeah. It's, it may seem that we're warhammering all day, all the time, but we... I guess we've got specific days where we tend to do content. Yeah, we? we do. We we tend to split sort of review things, and you know, I might be editing a video that that Andy's been doing a lot of the other content for, um. So we kind of separate tasks like that. Um. You know, we might have one weekend where we do quite a lot of hobbying, and then not so much uh, with review stuff as well. There might be a week where there's just one thing out, like for example, the um, recent release. There's only been a few things out, aren't there? Where yeah. sometimes there might be multiple battle tomes out, so we'll all jump on a different path yeah. and we'll all get involved doing that content for the for the Saturday morning. Um, it's part of the reason why we've changed the podcast schedule as well, isn't it? I think yeah, we're getting to a point because obviously we want to do more of this, more video content for you guys. Um, obviously Matt being in his new place and was having the ability to stream stuff again. Um, it is a case of time is kind of being stretched. You know, the, the, the podcast isn't just sitting and recording it for a couple of hours. There's then obviously the editing that goes in, into that as well uh, and the publishing and stuff. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, so you may not know, but this is just a hobby for us. It's not yeah. a full-time job. Like some yeah. other websites do it as a full-time job. We've got day jobs. We've got, you know, personal lives outside of the hobby. So we... Have yeah, you? Apparently, so, <laughs> apparently so. I've heard, I've heard rumors. So we will try and maximise our hobby time that we can do and... and if that means that we just play a game because we've not had a game for ages, that may mean that we can't film a video. Now, obviously, in the new place, we probably will get to the point where, actually, we're going to roll some dice, we'll just film it anyway. Yeah. Which is an advantage yeah. to having the new place now. But it's, yeah, it's, I guess it's a a, a careful balancing act, isn't it? It is. I, I tend to find that a lot of my time, although I've got a, a dedicated hobby space at home, which I'm very lucky and fortunate to have, and again, Involved a lot of begging and, and sort of deals with the wife. But actually, I spend quite a lot of my time interacting with my family while building and painting. Um, so I'm, you know, still involved in kind of the family life. Um, so that's another way of doing it, really, isn't it? See, for me, it's... I, I lowered my painting expectations. So for me, I now what I'll do is I'll do base coats, I'll do washes, and then I'll do the base and then I can come back to that army or that unit or whatever in six, seven, eight months' time, and I can do all the highlights and stuff on it. Because mm. once you've got that base done, you almost fool yourself into thinking that model is done. Done, yeah. Um, I mean, with my Death Guard that I'm painting at the minute, obviously Death Guard have tons of detail on them, and so I'm just picking one at a time and going through it. But going, I mean, I bought, <laughs> uh, I made jokes that I slipped and buy a load of stuff but I bought the Death Guard Christmas box another box of Play Marines and some Death Shroud Terminator as well as that War World. You've some Death Shroud as well? Yeah, oh, they are gorgeous models. They are beautiful models. They're the only um, they're the only thing missing from my Death Guard aren't they? I'm Mortarian actually I don't I don't own Mortarian yet. But I, I, I look at them and I'm like my plan with them is get them all built, 
spending more time <coughs> spending a week doing all the Balthasar gold, getting spending a week doing like all the base coats on them and then steel wash, do the bases and then two years time I can come back. When the next get a Death Guard codex I can come back to. Them. Yeah. And it just makes it maximizes your hobby time doing it. It's like uh, batch painting is, is your friend, basically. Yes, yes. Cool. Yeah, but I tend to um, try and double up a lot of stuff. So when we're recording the podcast, that's two hours where I'm sitting at the desk recording the podcast. I'll do some painting then. And I, I try to, I find it, it rather than booking in slots because you can't with kids and, and the family and job and stuff, I tend to do chunks, little chunks when I can. So you know, the, the, the boys have gone to bed, I've got an hour and a half, I can get some painting that night, or the next night we've got the karate run, so I can't do any that night. So I just find if you've got a 45-minute slot, it's better to paint for 45 minutes than not paint at all. Um, well, it's paint, like, paint oh, streams are perfect, aren't they? I was just going to say, I mean, the, the fact that we've, we've now got the return of the painting stream, it's killing two birds with one stone, where we're interacting with you guys' community, we're putting out content, and we're doing some painting of our army, so it's like a win-win-win, isn't it? Some of us are. I find I do less painting on the painting stream. <laughs> you'll, you'll do a great job hosting it in China. Well, we're like, yeah, yeah, Matt, okay, carry on. <laughs> People are just good to see everything. But it, it is good fun, yeah. Okay. Oh, this is it. Next question. Got, got, this is got. from Jack Harkness. If you could have a model made for any army or range, what would you have and why? Keep up the good work. Thanks, Jack. Model for any army or range. Go on, and Matt, you can go first. Um, obvious one. Demon Fulgrim. Demon Fulgrim. Demon Fulgrim, I think. It'd be a model I want to see and paint. I wouldn't mind seeing a Demon Fulgrim, to be fair. Yeah. I think that's a while away. I don't think you need a 10th edition. Yeah. He's going to be coming at some point. Maybe 11 or 12. I mean, we might see a resin one for Horus Heresy. Yeah. That's a really tough question. See... For me, I'd love to see a grot balloon that's sort of patched together by various different things that floats along the battlefield and just drops squigs out the side. That's that awesome. I think really that would cool. be hilarious. <laughs> it's very grot as well. What if the balloon is actually a giant? Well, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. Perfect. Yep, giant floating squig. <laughs> that that's just inspired me to come up with an answer. Actually, a big Caradron dreadnought. Airship. I've seen some conversions. Cool. That would be really like, like cool. A, like, a, like a carrier. Yeah. Ships yeah. taken off from it. Oh, and this is a bit of an unusual choice, but we, we, we've been chatting a lot about Horus Heresy the past few days, and uh, I was looking at some uh, example uh, Imperial Militia uh, lists. I noticed you can take Cyber Familiars. Yeah. Um, and then it made me think, wouldn't it be cool if the Guard had like a canine unit? Yes. <laughs> and it's more than one model, but that'd be cool, wouldn't it? That would be cool, but I can't. I can't think of it. I can't. I can't. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I mean, the emperor would be an amazing the emperor, one. Yeah, it would be mint. I don't think they'll ever do a model for him, but that'd be cool. Sigma, Sigma would be good. Oh, you know what I'd like to see? Um, the Sintuite. Yeah. As a, a collector, we not got rules, but as a as a collector's model from an event or something. Yeah. I think I'd like to see. Um, there's some aspect warriors that I mentioned in the background for the Craftworld Elder ever back backing from second or third edition. I think they're called the Slicing Orbs, um, and um, they've never had models. So obviously, Forge World released the Shadow Spectres aspect mm. warriors, which were a new aspect that was invented or added to the lore 
during one of the um the yeah, 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 the four drill box. Um anyway, the slicing orbs, I think I'm sure we call them slicing orbs. They're actually in the um codex, the forty K Eldar codex. Oh. One of the older ones. I don't know if they're in the new ones, it's definitely in the third edition one. Um I'd love to see a unit of those in a Phoenix Lord. And one of one of the one of the model that I would like to see is uh, I'm a big fan of GoTrack and I've, I've read a lot of the books. Um, and I still think to this day that we'll see Felix in the Mortal Realms. Maybe Felix in Stormcast. Okay. It's really cool Stormcast. Or Cities of Sigmar. There's a Dawnbringer pot. I think it's more likely with him being from the old world, being human, that we'll see He'd him. He'd be getting Stormcast. on a bit now if he was to sell Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah. GoTrack needs a friend, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, they've, <laughs> they've done a great job in, in the new books the of introducing Dark the, new, the Dark Elf yeah. and stuff. But it needs his best mate. Yeah. That's all he wants for Christmas. That's all he wants for Christmas. He's <laughs> a new friend. <laughs> okay. So. Oh, can I what's this name? David Paul Anderson. Love the podcast and looking forward to seeing what comes for the future of Sprues and Brews. My question is, what game system have you wanted to play? but never got around to. Ooh. Cheers, guys. Happy Christmas. I mean, that's dead easy for me because it's already come out <laughs> on this show, and that's Crisis Protocol. Yeah. Um, now, if we were keeping it... We've already spoken about it, so we don't want to touch it again. But if we were talking Games Workshop stuff, the system that I would like to play that I've not played yet is Adeptus Titanicus. Yeah, we need to do that in the new year as well, Dave. Um, I, I, you know, I would like to play that yeah, that Titanicus is a nice game. I think the only one I've not played is, I mean, I haven't, I haven't played Necromunda yet. That's that's the big one. But I do like Adeptus Titanicus as well. Have you not played Titanicus? No, I, I keep looking at. I mean, we had a game of Aeronautica, didn't we? Back yeah. in oh god, from March or whatever it was, and that was really fun. And I I quite like the look of painting up like an Iron Warriors. Horus Heresy themed aeronautical force with like Thunderhawk and nice. stuff like that. Using the Horus Heresy rules for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd probably have to go Necromunda just because you guys love it. I've got a friend of a podcast called Craig, he loves it. So if all of you guys love it, then yeah, definitely worth giving it a go. So um, I think I've played every GW game, <laughs> so only really for non GW one. Air Conquest, Lost Argument of Kings. Yeah. Looks really good. It's it's very much a reimagined Warhammer Fantasy with different flanking, but it's got interesting mechanics. It's got the card activation. Card things. activations and stuff, yeah. So I'm only here for that and we are gonna play a game of that on New Year Jay. Yes. That's a meant to do list. Yeah. I think um I think for me it would be the Game of Thrones game. For a similar reason, it's the rank and file and, and things like that. You know, I also think the model range is quite nice for Game of Thrones. Yeah, really cool. Well, that brings us to our final question. I wonder who he could be from. <gasps> it is from Santa, gentlemen. Oh, my goodness. Santa says... Big man himself. The big man himself. Santa says, ho, ho, ho. What's your favourite sprue and what's your favourite brew? Make sure to let me know what you want for Christmas. Well, the big, the big man's wanting answers. Um, I may as well start with this, haven't I? My favourite sprue... This is a really, really, really hard question. Current favourite sprue... And I say the brand new Demon Prince, which isn't out yet, but if you picked up the Slave Starless box, you will have access to it. Because it's got so many different options. You've got 
five different heads and often undivided one, one for each guard. You've got 40k parts on there, you've got AOS parts on there. You can change the pose of it in two different ways, so multiple demons look different. You've got wings, you've got trophy racks, you've got different weapons. I haven't built it yet because I want to try and magnetise it. <coughs> I think it's going to be fairly easy to magnetise the weapons and the heads with a little bit of work. Um, so that's a project for the new year. Favourite brew? Um, I'm going to say I'm going to, I'm going to say a Hotel Chocolat white chocolate. Very nice. It does sound nice. Yeah, it does sound nice. My favourite brew and favourite brew. Oh. You know what? I'm going to say, um, what's it? The Iron Here Hearthguard, the Terminators for oh, yeah. Leagues of Oten. They were a dream to build. Um, I mean, even looking at like the helmets and stuff, you've got that sort of 1980s space astronaut helmet sort of thing mixed with, um, is it the Iron Kin, the robots yeah. or whatever mixed in? Um, and a grenade over the little shoulders. Yeah, the little grenades over the shoulders and stuff. And the fact that they are only like yeah. mini, 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 but we're like toughness five. Yeah, I think those have been. They're definitely one of those kits that I want to buy a couple more boxes of. Um, and favorite brew, you know what I'm just gonna go for? Good old Pepsi Max. Other caffeinated beverages are available. Yep. Yeah. Well, so my favorite brew at the moment, I think, in recent memory. Is also the Lisa Votan, the Iron Hair Champion, which is he's like the character model of the Iron Hair Hearthguard arms with yeah. the he's got the shield um, and the axe and the hammer and the big ram thing on the back. Um, that model wasn't the one that jumped out at me when we first saw the Leagues of Votan range revealed, but having got the set and built built it, I built two of them now. I think it's an incredible one. Really, really dynamic looking. Really, really chunky. Um, really, really nice rule. So I, I, I love the Iron Hair Champion. Uh, my favourite brew is always a Yorkshire tea. Nice. My favourite brew... Well, not one of Dave's. Maybe one of Dave's wives. Yorkshire <laughs> <laughs> Ignoring that comment. Uh, my favourite brew in the moment... You don't know there's a lot of Death Watch brew. That's still a classic brew. Lots of options on there. But my, my new favourite brew is the Cadian Command Squad. Um, which is currently available in the Cadia stands box. So many options on that sprue. Like, I was racking my brain, like, what to equip my command squad with, because I want to give them everything, but you've got <laughs> loads of different, you've got those different las pistols, bolt pistols, chainsaws, power fists, pointing hands, you've always got to have a guy pointing, plasma pistols, you've got the head school, or the fox guy. It's such a great sprue. And is, it, using... is it compatible with the Cadian kit as well? Absolutely. So I'm going to be using some of the bits from that sprue on, you know, some of my sergeants and stuff from my Cadian shock troops. Um, because although, the, I mean, the Cadian shock troops sprue is, is brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and there's loads of options on there. Tons, you're never going to run out of heads. Gee whiz, there's loads of heads. Gee whiz. Um, <laughs> but they're all, all parts are interchangeable. You can build like two or three sergeants from the sprue in the shock troops box. But you can use the bits from your command squad as well, which is great. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to picking up the Castellan when he comes out yeah. because he looks like he's on quite a few options. And he'll also be convertible by using all these different parts from Acadia's dance box. So, yeah, absolute dream sprue, that is. Favourite brew uh, has to be a honeycomb latte. A honeycomb latte? It, or one of our local cafes, quite a small um, firm, not one of these big chains. 
and they do a superb creme creme latte. Excellent. Yeah, really, really nice. Awesome. Well, how h- have you enjoyed the uh, the Christmas party, chaps? It's been great. Feeling very festive. Feeling very yeah. festive. As soon as you switch these lights on, Matt, oh, like my festive meter went off. Can't see the Christmas tree. Right? Can't see the Christmas tree, but it's there. It's, yeah. it's there. Um, yeah, it's been really good. It's been really good chatting to you guys about the, the hobby. Can, felt can you believe it's Christmas Day tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't actually, Matt. <laughs> I am in serious trouble. <laughs> so, yeah, so we hope you have a nice Christmas. Uh, we'll be back in the first week of January with the next episode of the podcast. Um, so on that, in case you haven't had the chance to send them in yet, we want to know your hobby resolutions for 2023. We'll be sharing ours on the show oh. and we'll be finding out just how many we've achieved, which Jay's got his head in his hands <laughs> for those who are listening. I know we, we would obviously say this, but if you're only going to listen to one or two of our podcasts a year, this absolutely <laughs> the first one, one and the last one yeah, yeah. yeah. the podcast you have to listen to because you'll find out how much we fail and you'll hear us giving ourselves unbelievable hobby resolutions in the year ahead yeah. so it'll be a it'll be a great episode it's one i really look forward and the to mental gymnastics trying to justify how we've actually achieved yeah. our hobby resolution absolutely. as well absolutely. get the excuses in yeah and that's what you think of this obviously it's a bit of a, a one-off special video slash audio podcast so if you've enjoyed this let us know we have enjoyed doing it, so it's definitely something we'd look to do again if you guys have enjoyed it. Until next time, we'll see you real soon, and have a great Christmas. Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas. Bye! Bye. Thanks for listening to the Spruce and Bruise podcast. For more content, remember to check out spruceandbruise.com, and if you'd like to get in touch with us, send us a tweet at Spruce and Brews, or head over to facebook.com forward slash Spruce and Brews.